Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Each episode, I'll bring on some experts, we'll talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Beth Arrett, an association evangelist with over 25 years experience in marketing and member engagement, and I'm so happy you're here. Now let's start the show. Welcome back to the Member Engagement Show, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Today, I'm excited to have with me Dominic Mundy, the Executive Director of the Northeast Spa and Pool Association and President of the Mid-Atlantic Society of Association Executives. Dom, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Beth. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Really excited to talk about um, MASE. I went to the uh, day-long event in Philly back in the summer, and it was fantastic. I loved particularly the sort of unconference piece of it is why I wanted to go. I love the discussions that happened. So it was really, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it was a, it was a good event. We were, got great feedback on it. So that's that's awesome to hear. The speakers were really good too. Don't get me wrong. Excellent speakers. Anytime I can listen to Kiki, Bruce and Reggie is a good day. Yeah, I thought it was great. Not only did they deliver fantastic presentations, but that they engaged in that unconference and it became part of the community, which I think only made their, strengthened their front of the room presentations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's jump right in. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your roles as an association professional and as a volunteer leader? Sure. So uh, as you said, um, I'm the executive director of the Northeast Spa and Pool Association, uh, which is a four-state regional trade association for companies engaged in building or servicing residential and commercial pools and spas. Been here for about five years. We have been in existence for about 60, we're in our 63rd year as an association. So pretty mature, mature membership base, uh, still working on growth. Um, everything changes all the time. Obviously, we've had a lot of change in the world recently. So looking for new ways and new programs to engage. Uh, but before I was here, I managed uh, some smaller state associations, uh, state nursery and landscape association, a state construction association. So I've been doing association management for about 15 years. As a volunteer, when I was working in the nursery and landscape in space, I was on the board of the Nursery and Landscape Association Executives, which was a SAE essentially for all the different organizations in that trade. And locally here, I got involved with MASAE probably about eight to 10 years ago, started going to some meetings, met some people, got asked to engage. It's a Amazing how you, you stand there and you watch and someone goes, hey, you should come over here. And then you do. And then five years later, you're the president <laughs> of, the, of the organization, um, trying to lead through the same sort of uh, transformational challenges that all of our associations are facing. So it's interesting being on the volunteer side of the association as well as managing one. It gives you a lot of perspective. Yeah, it really does give you a totally different perspective, I think, being on both sides of that. Figuring out, seeing what your volunteers go through. It does. I like to think it makes me both a better volunteer and better association professional. You'd have to ask them if that's true, but <laughs> I like to think it helps. On the whole, I would I tend to agree with you. I always feel like anyone who works in an association should at the very least belong to some association somewhere, because I think that being a member gives you a different perspective and definitely being a, a volunteer and a leader heightens that makes you a better staff member for your members. Completely. As a volunteer, even though it's a vol volunteering for a SAE, so it's a group of people that also do 
Well, that's any association. You're with a group yeah. of people that do. From the management, it's a little unique because we're running an association for association people. It's a different connection, I think, than you know, pool companies being on the board for an association running an association. And you would think that that would be different, but it's really not. As a board member, you're still struggling to balance your own work commitments with your own personal commitments and make that volunteer commitment. And something I say all the time to my organization is we can only expect so much because people are volunteers. And I say, correct, but it's still a volunteer commitment, right? You're making a commitment and compensated and trying to make that commitment and all that balance isn't always easy, Um, but it really is important. I mean, it's what associations are kind of the fabric that tie the world together in a lot of ways where if you're not in it, you don't always know, but um, so much that associations do that keep society on the rails. Agreed. So I I guess that gets a little bit into my next question, which is why you volunteer with MASAE and other organizations. I mean, you talked a little bit about what you learned, but maybe go a little bit more into how they, why you do it and how they help you in your day job. Why I volunteer is, is to give back first and foremost. And I think that's important. This industry of association management has been good to me. It's given me opportunities in life. It supports my family, right? This is what I do for a living and I enjoy it. And I think if you have the opportunity to do something to make the industry that's been good to you better, you should. You should try and make the time. But also, I think it's important to put yourself in the shoes of the people you work with most. So I have have 18 people on my board of directors. Every one of them runs business. Every one of them has competing interests, but every one of them has made the commitment to make their industry better. When I'm volunteering with MASAE, I get to understand that, that struggle. It's an, it's an honest and it's a hundred percent commitment that you want to do this for the right reasons. And that doesn't make it easier to fit it in between other things. And you're in and you want to know everything and you want to read things. And, I, and you, you just get to have that experience of reading board packets, not writing them or balancing your schedule in a way to make sure that you can make their meetings, even if it means moving some things around for your day job. Those are little things, right? But those are big things in the lives of the people we work with. And when you can put yourself in those shoes, it gives me little senses of if I move the time of this meeting or, or understanding why we have to accommodate the volunteers' needs, because it's, it's a very real, we're in a very busy society. It's a very real thing. Also helps me speak the language a little bit better to the volunteers, mm-hmm. right? Not speaking association speak. Now you got to translate that to the person who isn't in it every day, shows up once, once a month for a board meeting, wants to be there, wants to be prepared, wants to do the right things but it's never going to know as much as you do doing it every day, right? How do you convey things? And it's the same thing with MASE. We have a full-time executive director. She does a fantastic job. I try to stay in touch with her as board president as much as I, I can, but she's always going to know more about what's going on than I am, right? So how to defer to her, how to appreciate her role, how to work collaboratively in that environment, translating it to um, my professional career. I, again, I think it makes my working life better. I love that. I love the, the idea that you use it to improve your working life and what you do for your members, but also that whole idea of giving back. And one of the reasons why I've been involved in associations most of my career is because my dad kind of instilled that in me. He was, he's a funeral director, but he was, he's always involved in the associations around the industry, trying to give back and see how he can help make the industry better and improve on processes and what they can do for people at the worst time of their lives. And 
I still remember watching him get installed as president of the Virginia Funeral Directors. And it was just a very inspiring thing to me. And I ended up in associations most of my career in large part, I think, because of that. Yeah, those are going to have an impact, right? You wonder sometimes why people go into associations in general. Some people fall into them, working for them. Some people uh, find them by accident. They just get like, oh, here's a job advertised. And other people seek them out because they literally want to help an industry, which I'm always fascinated by that. It's always fun at a um, an SAE conference of any kind to say from the front of the room, raise your hand if in fifth grade you said you wanted to be an association. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody finds their way into it. Um, it's, it's always a circuitous route, but it's it's uh, everybody seems to be happy once they get here. It's it's a good group of people just in general, like people who want to help other people. You know, that's not a bad yeah. thing. And occasionally I get to meet people like you and do things like this. So bonus. That makes it fun, right? Something something different. Yeah. So let's pivot and talk a little bit about challenges. So Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about the challenges that MASAE has faced over the past year or two and kind of where it's going now. I won't elaborate on the obvious, but we've gone through the same challenges most associations, organizations, businesses, and just people have, right? Obviously over the last two to three years. Where we're coming out of that is our membership, for the most part, stayed stable. We did dip a little bit and that is, is returning, but engagement was way down. We couldn't run conferences. We found that while some aspect of the, organ, of the organization's membership and stakeholders liked some of the online stuff we were doing, it was a different group of people. So we learned some lessons, but overall we, we took a budget hit. Again, most organizations did. So that's not certainly not unique to us, but we find ourselves as a smaller organization even though we've been around for a long time. And MASA is actually a, a merger of two longer standing organizations in the area. We are in a spot where a couple of years after the pandemic, we're trying to reinvent ourselves, not just get back to doing what we were doing, trying to do some of the hard work of things that aren't coming back, cutting the cord, sunsetting certain things, um, and looking for new ways to engage in the way people want and what fits with their lives and their and their careers and it's different we're, we're trying to learn more about our membership today not historically not what they once were but where's everybody at now and where is this industry going on the local level what do you see for the future of MASE? i mean my understanding is that you've undertaken something of a member engagement initiative so what what does that entail so we engaged a consultant we're looking, we were looking at to do a little bit of an autopsy, if you will, kind of on, on our membership. What are we doing well? What are we not doing well? And how can, we, how can we grow out of that? And the future for us seems to look like, it looks like more micro-engagement. So we talk about micro-volunteerism for sure, looking for more ways to people have a, having a connection to the association. Even maybe less than that or different than that, micro-volunteerism being here, do something, even if it's small so you feel connected. Um, but creating these micro-engagement opportunities where we will continue to have an annual conference. We'll continue to have a mid-year. You said you were at our mid-year this year and it was great and it was, and it was a nice group of people. But we've been doing more small group meetups online. We want to do a few in person so that the members themselves can connect. That seems to be where the real value is. The unconference portions of the bigger conference, and we're doing that again at our annual meeting, are always the things the attendees speak of. 
it was great to sit in a room with 12 other people and talk about my problems and then hear from someone what they did. And you get two sides. You get the guy next to me or girl next to me can tell me about an experience they had that helps me be better. Or maybe you come to that understanding that there's 12 people in the room that have the same problems. And then that leads to the association. We capture that, right? You capture that and you go, okay, here's a, here's a shared problem. How do we help the industry address this? That's a different approach than sending out, you know, which we do as well, of course, but, but sending out RFPs for presentations, taking the best ones and putting them in front of the room. It's more bottom up. And I think locally, and this is probably true for all SAEs around the country, you get a different feel. There's a different connection, right? A, a, a terroir, if you will, within the membership. <laughs> What's happening in your area that maybe is a little bit unique to your area. And trying to find ways to engage our members where they want to be, not just the association engaging with them, but facilitating their engagement with each other. Well, that make, they, yeah, that makes sense. They, there are people who can meet up in person more likely than not because of the region versus you might see people at ASAE once a year in person or maybe two or three times if you're lucky. But there's always been that idea of like a local chapter for some organizations, in this case, they're local SAEs. Um, but they're not chapters, but the whole idea of a local or regional chapter for any organization, any association I've worked with was that they felt there was more of an impact on the local area and more of more community, almost small C, not talking about only communities, but more community by being in the same area. At NESPA, at my day job, <laughs> um, we, we're, we're not federated, but we have uh, affiliation relationships with a national organization, us as a regional organization, we have four chapters that exist under us. And it's, it's one membership for all three. And we see that there are folks who join because they want something or need something from national, and that's why they're here. But there's a lot of individuals who don't even know that NESPA or PHTA exists. They're in for the local community. So it's one, it's one membership, but we see that, right? It's something about Something about being with the people that are doing the same thing you're doing in, in the same area that tightens a bond. Um, so you talked about micro-volunteering and micro-engagement. Can you talk a little bit more about, like, give us some details on what, like, in examples maybe, and then what's the drawing power of micro-volunteering or micro-engagement? Okay, so I'll take that in two parts. Some of the, <laughs> one, a good example of something that we're doing right now is... Uh, we have a program we're running called CEO Forum, and we're thinking about segmenting it into other groups, but that's how we started it. And it's bi-weekly and it's seasonal. So we do a fall season. We, we trialed, trialed it over the summer. We're going to do it in the fall and the spring. And it's capped at 25 people and it's an online facilitator-led conversation, but it's all conversational. So it's all about, here's the topic. Maybe here's some seated questions to prime the pump but learn, learn from each other. But it, it's not any bigger than that. But what's nice about is for the fall season, it's every other week through November, and then that group's going to have a meetup at our annual. So you get both, right? So when you get there, you get that in person, but we're not starting it there. Because like you said, even, even locally, if you only start and stop at your annual, then you take more time to get going and then everybody leaves. And then when am I going to see you again? The way we're setting it up is creating these small group opportunities for professionals to connect small enough group that you can kind of make personal connections, even in a virtual environment, but also as a group, and then cap that off with in-person with an in-person meetup, you get the 
best of both worlds, right? You get the staggered engagement, small commitment, lunchtime, one hour every other week, not built upon each week. So if you can't make the one-on meetings because you're in your own meeting, that's fine. Next week is going to be on staff management or something. And you go to that one. What, what it is, is it's lower commitment. So just like micro-volunteering of any kind, not everybody wants to sign up for the year commitment to serve on the committee or to move up to the board or move up to the executive committee or sign on for something. They just want to connect the way they can within their lives. So creating programs where our members can do that so far has been, has been successful in this venture. And if it continues that way, we're going to expand on it. Love that idea. I mean, for years and years and years, we've done the concept of, okay, we have this event coming and these people are going to help us plan it. And it's just the planning committee and it's a start and a stop. Like you said, it's it's basically micro volunteering, but then they don't really take it outside of that. Everything else is more that traditional, okay, it's at least a two-year commitment and you're going to have to do this and this and this. So I love that. I think it's a great opportunity to offer more ways for people to get involved not only because there are more options, but because it's less commitment. So I love that. That's awesome. We talked a little bit between that and sort of the social side of it we keep talking about in particular, and then some of the meetups and gatherings that are, aren't quite as structured, like the unconference components, things like that. How do you think that the professionals that want to justify going to these or, or participating in these, how do you think that they can really convey the benefits to that? Because I know, for example, when I was at AAAE, we did an unconference and people had a really hard time getting approval to go because it wasn't a, oh, but you're going to learn this thing about your job. It was more, I hesitate to use the word esoteric, but it was more esoteric and it was always harder for them to get approval to go. So how do you think that they'll benefit in ways that they can put into value to say they needed to get approval to participate? That's a really thought-provoking question, Beth. And, I, and the reason I say that is, is I, I see it where when you're trying to recruit someone to an organization to join, they're looking for tangible benefits. What, what do I get out of this, right? And then mm -hmm. once I have someone who's been a member for a couple of years and they're involved, their answer to what they get out of it is never the answer to why should I join? Um, now they're in, now that now it's the relationships, it's the community, it's the networking, it's all of those things. The same thing is, is probably true here. The answer is got to be in problem solving because at the end of the day, we have big things and little things that we have a hard time figuring out. We all do as professionals. There's always something that you're looking for a solution for, you're looking for an idea. There's got to be an easier way to do it. Chances are, you know, what's the, how's the saying go? There's nothing new under the sun, right? Chances are someone's been there. Or, or, or figured it out. And I think the way individuals who are working for associations that need that sort of, they, they need that approval, they need to create that report when they get back of what was the value, should be focusing less on what's printed in the agenda and more on them as an individual professional. What are your challenges and how is going to this event or this meetup going to help you work towards fixing those challenges or coming up with solutions for them? And if you think before you go, what's really keeping me up at night or what's really slowing me down during the day, and you bring those questions to the group, to a group of your peers, whether it's in a formal setting or an informal setting, chances are you're going to get feedback. You're going to get an idea or you're going to get a connection or you're going to hear about a consultant or a speaker or a, 
or a vendor that is helping somebody else that you can bring back to make your, not just your personal work life better, but your organization better as a result. One thing you said, because we always talk in marketing about uh, trying to figure out how to alleviate the issues that are keeping people up at night. But the way you put it with what's keeping people up at night or slowing them down during the day, because those are not necessarily the same two things. And I hadn't really thought about it like that. I will be now. Thank you. Not always, but it, it's that idea that when, when you're working on a conference agenda, for example, it's easy to and say it's easy. It's, it's really not easy all the time. But it's, <laughs> it, it's common, I should say, to think about what are the big issues? What are the big trends? Who's the, who's the big name? How do we do that? But while everybody often loves that, you get a great motivational speech or there's a, a big new thing happening in, in the industry. It's often my office moved to hybrid and our soft connections are, are, are weak. And is anybody figuring that out yet about how to keep that going? Like stuff that like it doesn't necessarily fit in the box of an hour and a half presentation at conference at annual, but it's a thing that's that's a problem, right? And maybe who's doing what? How's it working? Who's using Teams? Who's using Zoom? Who's doing common days in the office? Who's and no, your organization's unique, but like th- that's just one example of how just communicating with other people in the same situation doesn't look sexy on an agenda, but it's really important to like talk that stuff out and, and learn from others' experiences. Agreed. And yeah, like you said, it's not the things that look sexy on the agenda, but those are some of the really tangible benefits that you get that are often hard for people to articulate when they're trying to come up with the list of why they should go to get approval. So Hopefully the people who are trying to get approval for going to conferences will listen to this um, because I think that's a big help. Uh, we should we just go on the road and tell everybody why they should come to conferences. How about that? Let's take our show on the road. Let, let's do it. The go to <laughs> registration approved road show, we'll call it. <laughs> I love it. The registration approved, get that registration approved road show. Yes, definitely. You, We've talked about various components of that initiative and of conferences, but it seems like all these little pieces that we're talking about, the whole is definitely greater than the sum. So can you talk a little bit about what the cumulative effect is of all of these different activities? A little bit and a little bit, I'll say, come back next week, <laughs> come back next year. Let's, let's re- recap and see where we're at. Cause as we do more of this, we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll learn more about how it's affecting our organization. But at the end of the day, many hands make light work, so to speak. And the more people that we can get engaged at a micro level, the more I think we'll see the greater benefit in the aggregate, right? So more people means more input. It means more diversity. Um, it means more community. And if everybody's doing something to help the organization be better, even like we said, if it's more on that peer-to-peer engagement level, it should push the overall results up over time as far as attendance at events, as far as renewal rates, as far as feedback for what we should be working into our education agenda and making the association have a stronger as from the association side, having a stronger connection to our members from an understanding perspective, what do they need? What do they want? Because we're, you, you can listen more. There's more people around when there's less people doing more work, then it's the same voices trying to lead. It's the same ideas that kind of keep coming back. So the more people you have involved in smaller ways, their experience will be better, I think, because it becomes less of a burden to be involved because you've been involved on both sides. You've worked for associations. You've been on the volunteer side. It can feel like a burden sometimes. I have 
some of my best board members at NESPA who get to a point when they move through the chairs and they're president and they're in the past person where they, I can't find them for a year. They need a break. They're burned out. It's, it's a lot of a, of, a, of a commitment by giving more people the opportunity to engage in a meaningful way, but in a way that works for them, they should keep coming back. We want them to be hungry to keep doing that and have more diversity within our volunteer base. You talked about NASAE members and their experience, and we talked a lot about the volunteer side and the micro engagement, but overall, what would you say that the NASAE members and anyone else who might engage, what do you think they're really looking for in terms of their member experience? Drinks mostly, open bars. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, that has been my experience as well with association. <laughs> doesn't hurt, that's for sure. No, well, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> Sometimes you get a more honest answer from them what they want about what they want after a couple of drinks too. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think what they want from their member experience, and, and I, I guess this is a, is, a, is a little bit repetitive, but they want to feel connected to other people doing what they're doing because no matter how and no matter how involved you are with again i'm talking i'm talking from the perspective of mase but whether you're heavily involved with asae or your own local society when you're doing your day-to-day whether you're a single person running a, a small chapter association whether you're working for a large uh, standalone whether you're working for an amc you get in silos you get in ruts it's still your job, no matter how much you love it, no matter how much you love your the industry that you're in. There's good days, there's bad days. And when you get to, and this is the micro engagement thing, you can circle annual, you can circle mid-year on your calendar, you can circle the twice a year happy hour or whatever it is. And you look forward to that and that's exciting. But creating these opportunities to eat your sandwich and not listen to a webinar. Like I want to make that distinction, not log in and listen to someone give a presentation and maybe you can ask questions at the end. Hop on with your community of people that now you're getting to know. It's organized by the SAE, so you don't have to do anything. It's not you trying to find a community and set up a lunch and maybe it's being facilitated by your association, but then you're in a spot with your peers to vent in some cases. I mean, I, and I don't, I don't say that lightly, like there's real value in being able to commiserate, right? If you're, if you're in the middle of something, I think that's the real value and draw that we're hoping takes current members and gets them more engaged and then spreads the word to non-members to say, oh, there's something going on over here. And it comes from stories. And I know we often talk a lot about what's our marketing campaign going to be? What's our member engagement strategy with a spreadsheet and with data and with numbers. And yes, sure, I'm a big believer in that. And you've got to track things and tracking engagement this way isn't always as easy. But I think the stories that people tell about your organization often leads to the best membership growth and membership retention. People that are enjoying their experience are going to stay and they're going to tell other people about it. Word of mouth testimonials, reviews, whatever you want to call them in different areas, different this volunteer or for-profit are always the most sought out because people listen to their peers. We just had, this is a little sidebar, but we just had a conference, leadership conference this week for NESPA. And my current board past president led a conversation about making the ask is what he calls it. And he tells his story to everybody about how he was working for a pool company. He was just starting out and he was just trying to figure it out, young family and whatever else. And he met someone who said, you really need to come to this meeting with me. And it was for his local chapter. 
And they asked three times and finally he said yes. And so then he started to get more involved and he was doing stuff and he met someone at the region level who said, hey, I think you'd really enjoy this. You should come. He knew about it. It was there. But something about that personal ask, someone he respected said, you should do this. It had more credence than he did. You know, and the story goes on and on to he's the president of the, the region, right? And encouraging the individuals in the room, the other volunteers that were there to don't assume that the person standing next to you at the dis- distribution counter or, or that shows up at the happy hour, just because they know about it, they might not ever make the step if you don't say, hey, I'll drive, get in the car, let's take a ride. You're going to love this. Trust me this once. Let's see what happens, right? That personal ask is, is can be everything. And saying, I would never have been on either of the boards I'm on if someone hadn't asked me. Frankly, I'm still not quite sure how I ended up on the condo association board, but that's a whole other story. Walk into a meeting, come out the secretary of the board and going, what happened? But yeah, I, someone asked me to be on the board of Navigation Pacific and I was, I never would have even thought that that was possible. And I'm having the time of my life getting to help shape the organization's what they provide to members and, and help out a region that I've really grown very close with. So, and speaking of regions and mm-hmm. local, um, I have one last question for you really, which is, can you talk a little bit about the difference between volunteering with your local or your regional association versus a national or international one? I know we talked a little bit about the meetings and stuff at the beginning, but just in de- general, what are the pros and cons for local and regional versus national or international? It's, so it's a different experience and there's so much value and it it's often looked at. And again, I, I look at the association I manage because we have that, right? We have a chapter of regional and, and national alignment and have volunteers that move, move up. And I don't even necessarily like that thought because it implies that there's this hierarchy that you have to move through that it's a, it's a building block thing. And there's, there's ways to look at it that way. There's certainly people who treat it that way, but each of those organizations at different levels, your national and international versus your local and regional are serving such different functions. That's why they both exist. When you're volunteering at a national level, you're meeting less, traveling more, you're dealing with issues. You have to be up at 60,000 feet a lot because you're looking across so many different regional needs, what crosses over all of them, what can we deliver at the national level? You're generally dealing with larger budgets, different resources to be allocated, and that comes with a different way of thinking about things as far as delivering results for the industry you're representing or the profession you're representing. And at the local regional level, you tend to have more opportunity to get in the weeds, so to speak. So they really provide two different levels of service to your industry or profession. Um, But for the volunteer, the pro to both is wherever you are, you can find your way into something. If you have more of a big picture corporate mindset, larger budgets, you're into managing that stuff, you're, you're into large marketing campaigns, then find your national organization and get involved, right? There's a lot there. If you're into working with town, town officials, trying to make your local communities, codes, regulations, legislations better, if you're trying to find 10 people that do what you do and help each other grow, then get involved with your chapter, get involved with your region, wherever you are, there's an opportunity. So it's like a pro and a con, right? Wherever, if you don't like what's happening 
or the structure or the arrangement of a large national organization, that's fine because there's plenty of other opportunities that fit your skill set, fit what you're passionate about, uh, and vice versa. Engagement opportunities that even fit your the time you have available, which makes it even better. Absolutely. And I think any good association right now coming out of the pandemic in the last few years is learning. We run a very large trade show event. And right before, you know, leading over the last 10, 12 years, there's always this ongoing conversation about trade shows are dying. And then the pandemic hit and we realized they are absolutely not. People wanted, <laughs> as soon as we couldn't do it, everybody was like, why aren't you doing it? Right. But we learned so much about what else we could do. And I think it was a conversation I had with someone from ASAE. I don't want to, I'm not sure who it was. So I don't want to quote it, but that they learned a lot about how their online engagement was additive to their conference, not a replacement, and how that could, how they could grow their audience. And that all goes to your point about micro-volunteering, right? Like on a national level, there's a certain amount of commitment that requires in-person travel and whatnot, but there are more and more large national, international organizations are using the tools that we were forced to learn how to use in a way that creates more micro-engagement, even though you're at that size association. I think that the big thing for trade shows now is uh, to quote, I will quote somebody from ASAE and I will name them. It's Reggie Henry, who was talking about it at the MASA one day event. And he was talking about needing to do some sort of a hybrid or some sort of an offering online in addition to the in-person, because to use his phrase, we've let 10,000 people inside of the tent. What are you going to do now? Like shut the tent door and not let them back in because- pandemic has calmed down, which I thought was a great analogy. You now have to find a way to include all of those people somehow, but still go back to the in-person that everybody realized, oh no, this is not as dead as we thought it was. So yeah, it's it's all about finding ways to meet your members where they are how, and increasingly how they want you to. Right. So, so thank you so much for joining me today. It was a lot of fun to chat and I hope we get to chat in person soon. Absolutely, Beth. I appreciate it. This has been fun. And thanks everybody else for joining us and listening in today. I want to make sure to mention that we just launched our 2022 member experience report. So I would recommend checking that out using the link in the description. And then make sure you subscribe to the member engagement show so that you get notified every time a new episode drops. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon.